Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin, and in a matter of moments, myself and Matt McGloin are about to be reunited for the first time in a little over a month. We are so excited about this. Matt's been away on paternity leave, and then I had some stuff come up, so he helped me out with a great interview last week with Craig Fitzgerald, former Penn State strength and conditioning coach. This week, we have a fantastic interview. You are not going to want to miss this. It is longtime Penn State football equipment manager, Brad Spider Caldwell. You may have heard of Spider for years. This man was synonymous with the Penn State football program for over 30 years. Now he's a part of the staff at Beaver Stadium. He has seen just about everything and anything that you can imagine, obviously getting started in the mid-80s, a lot of Joe Paterno's tenure, then obviously the transition to Bill O'Brien, and very briefly, a part of James Franklin's staff. When I tell you Spider has all the stories you could ever imagine of Penn State football, I mean it. We only really scratch the surface with what this man has experienced. And on top of that, the memorabilia that he's collected along the way. So uh, I hope you guys all enjoy this uh, interview Matt and I had with Spider. So thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. It's the best in the business, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. The Pater Podcast is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. Now, of course, I want you to check out the Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA. However, this past month, February, marked the return of Double Citrus IPA. It's a huge fan favorite. It, beer Advocate gave it a score of 93 out of 100. Now, it only arrives once a year, just in time for this month, March, and all the good things that happen in March, like... St. Patrick's Day, State Patty's Day, if you're in State College, Pennsylvania. March Madness is right around the corner. Impact Wrestling Sacrifice event is this Saturday. You know, stuff like that. This is available now in Funk's Tap Rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York. And it will be making its way to your favorite retailer shortly thereafter. Do not miss the Double Citrus IPA. You can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. All right, joining us now here on the Patriot Podcast, Brad Spider Caldwell. Uh, Brad, thank you for joining us. You have so much history with Penn State, and I know Matt and I are thrilled that you are uh, recently, within the last handful of years, back in the fold with Penn State, stepped away for a little while. But for those that don't know, the legend of Spider, could you walk <laughs> us through your time at Penn State, how you came to Happy Valley, and what your experience has been like? Because you have been a staple of the football program. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Tom. And I, 
And Matt, I just want to say, first off, it's great to be here and uh, appreciate you asking me and, you know, to, to want to interview an old washed up equipment manager. It's uh, much appreciated. So I can, I, I got a captured audience now. I can tell old war stories, and, but, uh, but no, and just getting together with old alumni like yourself, Matt, you're an old alumni now, buddy. Uh, I, 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 it's great to see you and I'm just enjoy, enjoy this and, and stuff. But I, uh, no, I, I, you know, it's long story short. I mean, I, I, I was a manager in high school and I really loved it. And the funny part about it, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer and I was always wanting to work for NASA. That was always my dream to work for NASA. Had a really great eighth, 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 an eighth grade science teacher in high school that kind of put me on that path. And he was, we loved astronomy and, you know, I just really loved that. So that's what I wanted to do, work for NASA. And um, so well, he was also, the eighth grade science teacher was also uh, the junior high football coach. And uh, I went through eighth grade and going into ninth grade. He calls me at home and says, hey, you know, I want a kid. I thought it'd be great. Would you want to be a manager for my team? I, I, I think it'd be, it'd be good, good. I'd really like to have you do it. And I was kind of shy and backward down, you know, and I, my, my best friend was also on the team. He said, oh, come on, do it, you know. So I did. I said, yeah, I'd love to. So I, I went to be a manager for the junior high team in ninth grade, uh, my high school and then my, the high school varsity coach saw me around and kind of knew had me and my family and said, Hey, would you want to be the, we'd, we'd love for, you know, love to have a kid young and we could train them. And would you want to be the manager for us for, for varsity? And I needed to disappoint my, my uh, junior high coach, you know, and, and he said, Hey, it's varsity. You go ahead. You know, it's, you know, so I did, I, I was able to do, be the manager for the high school team. And I ended up doing also did wrestling and baseball. So I was year round. And um, so, you know, I, I, it was, it was, it was a great ride. So I, I fell in love with it. I really loved what I did. I got, got brought me out of my shell. I really got to know people and felt really like important because I, you know, team concept is such a, such a special thing and, and, and being part of a team. And I always encourage everybody, Hey, whatever you were in, whatever sport you can do, do it, you know, just be part of something. It's really, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. So, um, so, uh, you know, I was going to Dubois branch campus my first year in aerospace engineering. And, uh, I got a call, um, from my, my high school coaches had recommended, Hey, you're going to Penn state. You should do this. You should be the crew manager. Let, let's make some phone calls. So while I'm at Dubois, I got a phone call from, uh, from football equipment manager at the time, Tim show. Hey, you know, we, we hear good things about you. We'd love to take you as a student manager, uh, but we can't get you to main campus. You got to get here yourself. So I still had another year at Dubois. I'm like, so I decided, uh, you know, I, I can't screw up this opportunity. I want to take advantage and I want to. Uh, so I changed majors. I, I changed to a major we only offered at main campus and I grades were decent enough that I could transfer. So I, I got the main campus and uh, uh, this is all happening when, when Penn State was winning its first national title in 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm making this football team as a manager. And, you know, it was a dream come true for me. And and I only live an hour west of Penn State. So, you know, I grew up with Pan and, and, and followed it and stuff. So, so I, I you know, I, I was able to come. So I started in the spring of eight, or the fall of 83. And, uh, you know, I remember work walking in the door. You know, I'm from a small town. My, my high school graduated 135 kids at my senior year. And, um, and it's a rat race. It was the preseason. We actually were pan, playing that year in the kickoff classic. We were playing Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Okay off the 86, 82 national championship. That's when they had Turner Gill and Mike Rozier and those guys. And so I'm like, and our, our game was in giant stadium. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, so I'm going to, 
I'm thinking, oh man, my first game as a manager is going to be a giant stadium. I mean, it was exciting, you know? So anyway, I'm like, I'm going in there and it's that in those days, Matt, everybody and Tom, everybody reported at the same time. There was no acclimation period for freshmen or nothing. You just, you came in full go. It was, so we were, we, our reporting day was July 31st. So we come in and, and come in. And so it's a rat race. I mean, coaches are needing stuff. The players ran in that one stuff. You know, it was the first day. And so I walk in, I'm meeting the, you know, the head equipment manager. He's like, he said, Hey, you know how to change a face mask? And, well, you didn't. I said, well, he threw me this home. I go over and sit in the corner on the floor in the equipment room. This is a- <laughs> and I'm like, and the phone's ringing. And I'm like, how am I ever going to fit into this rat race? I was scared. Of yeah. So I'm changing this face mask, shaking, you know? So here I am. 31 years later, yeah, you know, with the football team in 30, 37, 38 years at Penn State. And, uh, but I, I just, um, just the rewarding part of meeting people and the opportunities that I've had uh, and, and the place I've been able to go. And it's just, it's, it, it, it's been mind blowing. It was a, it's just been a, been a tremendous experience that I just will never, never take advantage or uh, never take for granted ever. So when, you should- when you first walked, uh- when yeah. you first walked in the door there at, at Penn State Spider, how long were you Brad Caldwell before you became Spider? And did you think when you got the Spider nickname that that name would become synonymous with I, Penn State football? I, absolutely not. And I, I and what's funny is <clears throat> I got that name in, in the first week. I was only there one week, and. I, I was in the equipment room. Somebody said something in the equipment room and I can't remember what they said, but I, the whole team sitting in the locker room and we had, and we go to squad meetings, you know, the managers would take role at squad. We would make sure everybody was there. So we have to get down there first before the team comes down to take a role. So I'm going down. And so Joe calls a squad meeting. I'm going across the locker room to go check squad. And one of the, and somebody, whatever, I forget what they said in the equipment room, but I, I started crawling across the locker room floor and I'm, I'm like, and I'm, I'm all arms and legs. I'm only five foot two. I got a big wingspan and arm legs. So, and I saw, I got wear size 32 long pants and I'm, but I'm only five foot two. Okay. So again, I'm taking these big, long strides and big, long arms and big Joe Hines, big defensive line, Joe Hines, his locker was right by the the hallway going down to the, the, uh, the squad room. He says, he, oh, he looks like Spider-Man. So the whole thing I say this. So I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good nickname. I'll show you my web. So he's like, everybody's like, web, what the heck? Well, there's a water fountain right by his locker. So I take a drink. Well, I've got a space between my front teeth. And I go like this, and I can actually spit water probably about 25 feet. Okay. So I do this in the locker. And the whole the, the team saw that they and they laughed, and I've been in a sweater ever since. Wow. So you got started, obviously, in the mid-80s. You were there for, uh, obviously, a ton of the Joe Paterno era, and then um, the two Bill O'Brien years, and then uh, briefly with James Franklin's staff, and you and I talked about that. That was just an opportunity for the changeover I had kind of worn on you, and it was a chance for you to step away for a moment, and that was a, a family decision as well. Um, sure. So, Matt, when you first met Spider. What was that situation like? Because obviously you came in and Joe Paterno was still the head coach. You know, I think it's actually like what Spider was just talking about for me. Like my first day there, like I was shaking. You know what I mean? Like 
I, I, was, I, was, I was a preferred walk-on. I'm pretty sure half the players didn't even know I was a member of the football team. Like, you know, and like you have to introduce yourself. You have to meet everybody. You know, like everybody else is, is probably thinking, you know, who, who the heck is this kid? But meanwhile, you're thinking like, all right, you know, I got a lot of work to do. I got to make a name for myself. I want to play, you know, and I want to do well. But, I mean, it, one of the great things about Spider Tom is that he treated everyone the exact same. Whether you're a five-star scholarship guy or you're a preferred walk-on, zero-star guy like myself, everyone got what they needed. And like, because obviously you have so much on your plate as a student athlete, like Spider made sure, you know, you had gear, you had spikes, you had whatever you needed when you walked into that facility. So it was the last thing that you had to worry about, right? But in some of the cases, Spider, right, when you wanted a little extra gear, you wanted a new shirt, new shorts, Tom, you made sure you went to Spider. You didn't go to Kirk when he was at the window because he wasn't giving any gear out. But, no, Spider always took care of you, Tom. Uh, Spider, you and I had our own little tradition. Spider used to put uh, my eye black on um, before every game, which I know you had a lot of traditions with, with, with a lot of players throughout your time, Spider. Yeah, and that, and that 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 always made it special. I I, uh, I love. Yeah, you know, everybody had their little quirks, you know, and a certain t shirt they had to wear under their shoulder pads, or you know, <laughs> certain guys. Like I remember, uh, like Matt, Mark D'Onofrio, you know, who's coaching now. You know, Mark, he'd always have to come to me to get his pull his jersey over his shoulder pads, you know. And Mark had a tradition, you know, every, his tradition was crazy. Get, you pull, his, you know, and they were tight. You know, you, you know how tight those jerseys are. So he had to get his shoulder taped up. So. You're pulling that thing over and your knuckles are scraping against the shoulder pads and, you know, but nobody else could do it, you know? And then he'd get so worked up, so worked up and get himself so nervous that as soon as I get the thing on him, he'd be screaming, ah, he'd go run over and throw up in the garbage can. <laughs> Literally throw up for every game in the garbage can. True story. Yeah. So, oh my God. But, was, but, oh yeah. And then guys, certain guys would only do, I, I was the only guy that could buckle his shoulder pads for him, you know, and put air on certain, certain guys put air in their helmet every game before the game, but even though they really need it, they wanted air or if I just fake it, you know, so, but, but, um, but now I, uh, I appreciate the comments, Matt. And I, that, that was, that's what I miss the most, but don't do it now is the contact with the players. I really miss, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, my wife and I don't have any kids. We weren't able to have kids and, you know, we thought about adopting, but it was like, Hey, we have our kids. I mean, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've outfitted over a thousand different football players, Penn State football players. And just to have all those guys as my, my guys, you know, and my kids and my wife was a school teacher. So we really got that kind of that satisfaction from having our kids, you know, and, and it was, it truly was a, uh, you know, really fun to hear, you know, and, and they don't go to the coaches with their problems. They come to the corner room, you know, and it's like, that's right. That's, that's right. Big coach. They're pissed off at this player that they, he, he put, put me in, a, a green jersey, a red jersey today, and he's all you know, and uh, you know, or the, or the girlfriend problems. You know, we we heard everything. So, or yeah, she's like, she's like, tell, she's like, go tell Joe this or not, or you know. <laughs> so it, that that made, that made it that made it like home to me, like family, and uh, so that again, that's at the most. But thanks, yeah. but, you you. It sounds like you know, and, and I had the opportunity to meet you very briefly on a tour, but I had always heard about well, you got to meet Spider, and you were kind of like the oracle of the football team and you were there it's just about as long as like your name was almost as anonymous as joe paterno's name in terms of duration and tenure with the football team um so of your kids to call them that 
<laughs> you know, you're dealing with monsters, you know, maybe not McGloin, but you're dealing with monsters, you know, huge <laughs> human beings, right? So who yeah. maybe was those handful of players who were maybe sure. just too strong for their own equipment sometimes? It's like, oh, no, Spider, I broke it. Like, how many instances <laughs> did you have like that? Hey, Tom, Tom, he used to have, Spider, tell him about the, like, the Batman-type belt that you would wear. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's actually on my... Uh, I've seen pictures of this. Yeah, you see, see, it's, it's actually hanging over. It's actually there. Okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it yeah, is. For, for those, for those I, listening, I, Spider's I, I office is yeah. loaded with memorabilia. There's a big bookshelf behind him with his belt yeah. on it and a number of other pictures, statues, helmets, jerseys, footballs. Like, you've got yeah. everything. So it has like all anything I need to be able to fix a helmet, okay, or shoulder pads is in that little pouch, okay. And and I actually have on top of that 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 picture I, I have a picture of uh, Daryl Clark there in the Outback Bowl or Capital One Bowl, and I have his one wristband on there because like it's in the same picture. But anyway, but no, anything I had to fix because you had to be so prepared on the sideline because even in practice, Joe was intense. Like my goal was to get a player only miss one play. Because even in practice, Joe was like, you know, when you stepped to, when you stepped on that field, those two those two hours of practice were intense, you know, even for the staff, okay. And he wanted everything to go perfect. You know, Joe was always like, hey, practice doesn't make perfect. A perfect practice makes perfect. So he wanted. So I would be on the offensive field. Joe would be on the defensive field, and I'm fixing, you know, say a Kyle Brady's helmet. Joe would be over there on the defensive field saying, let's go. I don't get that helmet fixed. And I'm like, how <laughs> even know? How does he even see me? You know, in practice. So he, because he wanted me, he said, he, he's like, and he would yell. You'd hear him say, what would you do in a game? Because he wanted you to be prepared for, you know, like say, you never know what, he would always tell me, you never know when that one play is going to make the difference. So you got to get the player back in there as fast as you can. So my goal was always to basically just one play. If a guy came out, needs fixed, get him back in there for one series, you know, to have about 30 30 to 45 seconds to get it done. So I, I would actually practice at practice to get it fixed as fast as I could. So that tool pouch had all the, everything, you know, there's certain things that always would bust, you know, the chin snap snaps, shoulder pad strings, uh, you know, whether you have, um, you know, mostly chin straps or chin straps ripping, um, you know, uh, face mask clips, busting screws flying out. So it was all mostly that kind of stuff that, you know, you're working on, but, uh, but no, that's that's. Uh, but that pouch, that was my, um, yeah, that was my MacGyver. Uh, MacGyver. <laughs> so uh, to my uh, to my question from before, Spider, who was yeah. maybe somebody that was maybe too strong for their own, you know, their own good, their own knowledge, and they were constantly, oh god, the cleats busted, or the helmets busted, well, the shoulder pads busted. I'll tell you what. Um, well, the biggest player that I ever had, that I ever physically put pads on, was Floyd Wedderburn. Uh, one of our, our offensive linemen, he played for the Seattle Seahawks for a while. Like Floyd was like, like a kind of a, I was, there was such a thing as a miniature Andre the Giant, but he, you know, Floyd was, you know, he, Floyd's like, you know, he's like six, eight, you know, he, he hit and he had, uh, you know, he only had, he only had size 15 shoes, but his head was the biggest head I've ever had. He had a size eight and three eighths head. That's his hat size, eight and three eighths. And it's like very Bond. Uh, his jacket, his jacket, like his chest size, when you measure for shoulder pads, okay, his jacket size was a size 60. 60. Wow. Okay. He just had a mat. We actually had to take shoulder pads. Like shoulder pad, 
you like your the width from your shoulder to your AC joint to your AC joint uh, when you measure for shoulder pads, like a big long, you know, it's it's usually range between 18, like 19 inches to 22, 23 inches. Floyd's was 28 inches wide, his back, his shoulders. Okay, which is, we had to put an extra piece in the back of his shoulder pads to make him extend out longer to cover his end of his shoulders. That's how big this man was. Good so, Lord. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but, but, but for equipment and hard on equipment, uh, Paul Puzlozny, every week we had to change his face mask. He hit, Paul hit so intensely and his, he would hit his face, which is the way you do it. You want to keep your head up and hit with your face. He would spread his face mask to where it would, it would, it would spread out and it stays spread out. And then you could stick your fingers between his cheek pads because it was so much space. So you had to get that face mask back on to get it, the helmet to fit right. Cause the helmet would just start rocking. So uh, that he was one that really comes to mind with, that's why he always had the broken, the cut. And his nose. Yeah. That was pretty consistent. He, he's been on the show before. Uh, that's amazing. Yes. He has been, he was a challenge to keep. He probably has a permanent scar there, which I always, I always apologize to him for. <laughs> and, uh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, that's, he's especially one. Before we go any further, I got to ask, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly, and it fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. And all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. 
Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has now raised over $203 million in the fight against childhood cancer. We want to congratulate everyone who helped make Thon Weekend 2022 possible, raising a record $13,756,347.50 for the kids. To learn more about what went down at Thon Weekend 2022 or to donate, visit thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with an initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation that helps strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. The other ones too was uh, Tom Bahali. Tom Bahali, hmm. he, he, he had really difficult feet. Tomba had real wide feet, but he was only about a, he was only a 13 and a half, but he just, his lateral movement was so, he was so explosive and his feet were so wide that when he'd do lateral movement, he would stretch the sides of his shoes and his feet would roll over the, the cleats. So he, he was constantly going through cleats. I mean, he's, you know, I'd say an offensive and defensive lineman go through about like five pair, six pair of shoes a year or, or, or a season, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And it's based on because they're, because of their, their weight and them, you know, stretching and lateral movement. Tomba was almost every other week because he would. Wow. And he sweats so bad. (laughs) At the end of every practice, you could hear. Because he was sweating like a sieve. And and, and that salt in his body, you know, from in his shoes would just deteriorate and rust all the rivets and stuff in his shoes. Oh, my. Wow. We've had him on the show before as well. So uh, he left that part out. Uh, amazingly. <laughs> See, I can tell you the, the good, the good, the good juicy stuff in behind the scenes. Literally. Yeah, literally. Um, so Spider, how much, you know, obviously you're, you had your spot within the staff. You saw the evolution of the game, however. So how much has this evolved? Because I think so many fans nowadays get hung up on, players being able to come and go with NIL. And there's a lot of different things that are happening with just the fluidity of college football. But from the perspective you had, how much really has the game changed the business of the game too? Well, yeah, it's, it's honestly a little disappointing um, in that regard, just with the way the the landscape of college football right now, I, I I, I feel like I really was part of the heyday of it in that regard. And I, and I'm not putting it down for what it is now. And it's just, it is what it is. You have to deal with it. But I just, I worry about team loyalty. You know, I mean, these guys, man, they're just, you know, what's, you know, what's best for, you know, for me, it's not about the team as much, uh, you know, guys just coming and going. If they don't, if they have one bad year of adversity, you know, they're not, they don't stay around to face it. They got to move on. You know, I mean, we've had tons of players, tons of players have had adversity that, you know, I had like, you know, I, I use, I use, Bryant Johnson is an example, you know, our one wide receiver who Detroit and, and he, Brian was, he had, 
he sucked his sophomore year. He really struggled. He couldn't catch anything. Joe benched him. He, he was pissed off about it, but he, he just, he struggled, you know? So, but instead of leaving at the end of the season, you know, he fought his way back. He got in a jugs machine. He's catch a hundred balls after every practice in the winter and the spring and got better. And then ended up being his last two years. He had great years and ended up being a yeah. late, late first round for early second round pick. And, and he's a yeah. great guy. And, and so then, and, and he, and he meant, so he was able to stay at Penn state the whole time, develop relationships, be able to come back to the letterman's lounge here and be with friends and memories. And it's like, just to keep running away from them. It just sucks. And it just, that's what's tough. And it makes it develop the relationships, you know, um, you know, that's, what's, what's really frustrating right now with that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but as for the evolution, kind of in your question too, you talked about the evolution of equipment and, and we talked about it before we went on air about the helmet changes. Um, that's the, the, the biggest thing with me. It was always, it's always about with equipments from the eighties to the nineties to the two thousands to the 2010s. It was, um, it was, you know, everything was getting lighter, sleeker, um, streamlined, tighter. Uh, you know, you look at those guys back in Bobby White's days in the 80s, you know, and, and uh, you know, they were clunky. I mean, I, I even look at LeVar Arrington's in the 90s and thinking of what, man, doggone, those shoulder pads look so massive on him. And that long <laughs> jersey, I'm like, what, have I, what did I do? You know, I said, couldn't I came up with this idea earlier and, and uh, tighten up that jersey and, and those guys played through it and they had, you know, big equipment. Yeah. It's just like everything's lean, slick, you know, uh, like carbon fiber shoulder pads and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, the, and even the technology with clothing is amazing. The whisking away of material, like, you know, back in the day, you know, you put a, like, like you take pants and you put them in a bucket of water and you pull out, they're heavy and they, you wring them out, you know, now these pants they wear nowadays and Nike, the technology they've had, you put a pair of pants in a bucket of water, you pull them out, you can't wring anything out of them. You don't suck yeah. water at all, you know, and, and they're so light and the fabric is so strong. It, yeah. So that stuff's incredible. And like, and then we talked about the helmet changes. I mean, there wasn't a helmet change for 25 years. The same two companies with the same <laughs> style helmets, you know, and then all of a sudden just when Peyton Manning started wearing that revolution helmet from Rydell and, you know, with the jaw protection and every yeah. other year after that is when it started to morph and change and shut and all these other helmets got involved and, making two, three, four different kind of versions. So, you know, keep it up with that. I mean, I'm already, you know, being seven years removed now from the equipment room, I'm, I'm not out of date on some of the stuff. And it's, it's insane because they change it every year now. So. Yeah, Spider, I want to ask you real quick. I want to go back to the uh, the office there. Yeah. Because like, I, I had a chance to, you know, be back at the office and, and get a chance to spend a little bit of time with you when I was down there during the fall for the uh, Saving the Roar movie premiere at downtown State College. Like, mm-hmm. y- you had gear from when Bill O'Brien was there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the old wristbands, that belt that we just talked about. I mean, there's so many old photos in there. I mean, you know, Tom, if you ever get a chance, make sure to check out Spider's office when you get back down to Penn State. Like, there are oh, decades, sure. decades of memorabilia in there. And I call it the smallest, largest football museum in the nation. And right there, that's Joe's sneakers, Joe's jacket. I mean, it's such an impressive office fighter. Yeah, look at that. That's fantastic, man. It's uh, but fighter, the sneakers and the jacket, right? The sneakers you have, they're yeah. samples. They were never worn, right? That's right. Yeah, we. It's funny. Joe wore a shoe called the Air Commander, and they stopped making the Air. And he says Joe's a size ten and a half. They stopped making them in two, 1995. But we had, you know, a dozen pair on the shelf. So we just kept them, you know, thinking, oh, okay, you know, there's 
there's there's 10, 12 more years of Joe, you know. So uh, I've got shoes through 2005 for Joe. I'm good shape, you know. It'll never be that long. So, well, uh, you know, obviously we know that story. And I'm like, oh, I'm out of shoes, you know, and, and they, you know, they get beat up. So I'm like, Joe, you know, I said, coach, you know, they don't make this air commander anymore. I said, here's a couple of samples of some different ones they have. Like we were getting different shoes in and he didn't like the coaching shoes from that year that, that they had. So then I said, well, let me try to get this air diamond trainer, which was a baseball like dugout shoe and stuff, you know, and, you know, he, he wore them. Ah, okay. so I'm fine. Just give my old ones. Give my old ones. And I'm like, and that's why Joe was, Joe was just give my old ones. I'm, I'm okay. You know, and I'm like, and he did, he wears old ones from home and, you know, so we're still working. So I'm telling Nike, Nike, I, I, I can't get Joe to wear. He just keeps wearing his old shoes and which is okay, but they're getting beat up. And so like, all right, we'll make, some, we'll, we'll, we'll just custom make it for them. So they really <laughs> handmade six more pair of shoes. And I, I said, this was the pair that I know people can't see it, but I have a pair in my office of his last pair that he wore. Mm-hmm. Also have a brand new pair of these still in the box with his name on them. And the kit and the, and the uh, person who made them for him personally uh, that he used to wear. But, uh, and I, and they, when they made those and, and it actually has stamp right inside the shoe for sample only, not for resale. Okay. And, and they, so they went to coach return and they said, coach, we, we want to do a kind of a, this, we're not going to call it the air commander. We'd like to bring this shoe back, you know, cause it was 95. The last it was made. And for a coaching shoe, we'd like to call it the Air Jopa. No, no, no. I don't need that crap. <laughs> Nike was going to call the shoe the Air Jopa, and he said, nope, I don't, don't do that. I don't need that. I don't need that. That's just the kind of guy Gojo was, you know? Yeah. And, and, Matt, I think I told you this story before, but and just to give you a sample of how really it was easy to take care of Joe from gear standpoint, is we went to FedEx Field to play um, – Indiana, this is a few years ago. We played at Indiana. It's kind of weird. Why we play in University of Indiana and in FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. But, so yeah, <laughs> I'm still not sure what that I still not sure why that happened. But so, you know, when you go to a, a an NFL school or a NFL school, an NFL stadium, they have these uh clubhouse managers that host you. So I get there, it's the first time I was ever there. I get there on a Friday and they're like, Hey, you know, Spider, come on in here and uh let's show you around. They show me around where stuff was and show me the coach's room. And then they said, and then a lot of the NFL schools have a head coach's room as well for just the head coach to be in. So I, they took me in there and I said, there's this, there's this little table with a tablecloth on it and this little round table and it's got flowers in the middle of it. And I'm like, what's that for? You know, he said, Oh, that's left over from Monday night football. And Andy Reed and the Eagles were here playing the Redskins. And Andy Reed had it in there. I didn't know if he wanted me to leave it in there. I'm like, Oh no. He said, I said, get that out of here. If Joe sees that, he'll be like, let's get that thing out of here. You know, the flowers on a table in the middle of the locker room. So they took it. I said, and I told the guy, I said, I, I said, what Andy Reid use that for? Oh, he put his toiletries on it after the game. But then and at halftime, they'd have his snacks laid out on it too. You know, I'm like, wow. I said, get that thing out of here. You know, so I said, you come back in about two hours and I'll show you what Joe Paterno's locker is. Okay. Oh, okay. That'd be great. So a couple hours later, three hours later, they come back and like, hey, come here. They walk in. Here's Joe's locker. His nameplate was an index card with my handwriting, Joe Paterno. With <laughs> okay. He had his, he gets a hot dog. Joe had always ordered two hot dogs. He wanted me to get two hot dogs for him for every pregame warm up, and only eat one with mustard. So I'd have him rolled up in a towel and sitting there. 
And then his rain jacket, which was just a clear plastic, ugly looking rain jacket you could see through. Okay. And sometimes we'd have a warm up jacket in there. He'd like to wear a zip up warm up jacket, and take his blazer off when he got there with the suit. And his black shoes, and these basically his black shoes with his uh, white socks rolled up in them. That's it. And the guy's like, that's all you do? And I'm like, yep, that's all he needs. Oh, that's, you know, the picture, the clubhouse managers are taking photographs of Joe's locker, you know, and they're all excited. And, and I'm like, that's, I said, that's just the way he is. He, he did not, you could not fuss over him at all. He'd be, all, he'd, he'd be like, he'd get all pissed off at you. <laughs> uh, Spider, what, what, what was it like being around him for, you know, over 30 years? Uh, well, I mean, overall, man, I mean, it, it, it was a time I mean, you, I mean, you fear the old man, especially out in the practice field, like I said. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You wanted perfection. I, I, and Spider, I've always said, I've always said like, and I've never seen anything like it. Offensive field, defensive field, special teams, whatever it may be. Joe can be uh, on, again, on the defensive side. He could be on the offensive side. But when he was making a point, the entire practice stopped to listen. Oh, yeah. It, it just, he just had aura about him, aura about mm-hmm. That you just uh, and he he just he just could capture you, you know, and and suck you. In. Especially, I always said Joe is best in squad meetings, and best the night before the games when pregame speeches, which he would do the night before the games, some tremendous speeches. And it's like I mean, just you're just in awe, and he just captures you, just such a commanding force, you know. But and and I think Mike Reed put it the best. Mike Reed, we had a 2016 would have been Joe's 50th anniversary of him being the head coach of Penn State. And we did a, we had a thing over here with the Letterman in the Medler Field, the baseball stadium, in honor of him uh, before they, before we played Temple that game, the first game of the season. And Mike Reed was kind of emceeing it and the host of it, you know, and he said, listen, he was playing his piano and everything Mike Reed was. And he told the Letterman, he said, you know, guys, as he's playing his piano, he says, you know, guys, we all feared the old man because we didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. Thing, you didn't want to disappoint him. You want to, you want to be your best and you want to just, and 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 because you had so much respect for how he did things and why he did things, and you know you were frustrated when he was here. He's ah, son of that old guy, doggone it, you know. But I've had so many players that you know towards the end of their careers here, or even after they left, they thought, man, the old man was right. You know, he hit it right in the nail of the head. He was really, you know, I, I, they have so much more respect even when they left of what Joe did for them, and I do too. That's me. I I just to answer your question, Matt. I just have. Uh, and the more and more I'm removed from Coach Paterno, especially this day and age now, the way college football is changing, you, it's never going to be happening again. And, and the way Joe did things and how it did, you, you just have you just have so much respect for him. And and his players are his legacy and and and, and the, what kind of men they turned into. And that's what would be important to him. You don't care about the wins and other crap. And this, he hated that statue, by the way. He hated it. He would drive by. We would take him to Toftree's or the Penn Stater to go to uh, the night before the game. He'd make Kirk drive him the other way because he didn't want to drive by the statue. <laughs> Spider, you mentioned the statue. Is it hidden in that office somewhere? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. You know, it's funny, Matt. That's the number one question. I, I do a lot of tours now that I'm, I'm, I work in operations here at the stadium. And a lot of tours to alumni groups, you know, and, and even student groups and stuff like that. And, and uh, the two questions I get from them, uh, when they know my history and everything, they're like, what was it like to work for Coach Paterno? And where's the statue? <laughs> I, 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 there's rumors of where it is. And I think I might know, but uh, I, I, we're like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's somewhere in a warehouse in a box, probably. I know. Well, I always pictured, I always pictured the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. They're pulling, you know, and they're asking Indiana, you know, Indiana saying, where's the, where's the Ark? 
it's with top men, you know, with top men. And then they won't tell you, you know, and then they're pulling that into the warehouse, you know, and slapping the, the top secret sign on it. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's like crazy. <laughs> anyway, I hope again, someday, like I said, I know Joe hated that thing, but whether it's that statue or something else, I just can't wait till someday we can get the guts to finally honor Joe the way we need to here. He deserves Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. In your in your current role now, Spider, with uh, the stadium in particular, um, mm-hmm. obviously Beaver Stadium, no spring chicken. Uh, it's it's seen a lot of years and a lot of wear and tear. Um, you know, I think one of the big fears that a lot of Penn State fans is that, like, gosh, maybe they'll tear it down and they'll build some monstrosity. See what you know, uh, Yankee Stadium, what they attempted to do and then rebuild it, and it was like kind of the same. I look at what Texas A and M did with Kyle Field, and they. Yeah. tore it down and they rebuilt it exactly the same, but obviously with <laughs> modern guts to it and such. Yeah. Do you see that maybe being in the future for Beaver stadium? Cause I, I know personally as a fan, that's, that's our Mecca. That, that's like yeah. Fenway park Wrigley field. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's just a legendary stadium. Yeah. Tom, I, I and I, and they really, they actually just a few years ago, they, uh, they definitely, they did a study. They're trying to decide whether do we, you know, do we tear it down and rebuild or do we do um, or do we remodel it? And they definitely they 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 were really they're they're they were leaning towards um, a and model. That's exactly the example. They know Texas A&M. They took like they took like two years. They tore down like their west, east side and rebuilt it all. And then they once it was done and set then they went to the west end and you know, tore it down, you know, rebuilt set. That's definitely the model here. They have talked about that. We will tear down the West side first in the old press box. And then it would take two years. They were going to build, they do the seats first, the, the different levels. And they were going to actually make, there's, there's the, 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 the preliminary model is have like decks. Okay. And their, their goal is they really want to try to get all chair back seats in here, or at least, except, you know, if, if anything, mostly, if not the student section will still stay the same because they mm-hmm. stand on their seats the whole time anyway. But <laughs> so, and then once they get the West side done, then they'll go, do the north side, you know, tear that all down and then and raise it up to match the, the west side and then keep working their way around the stadium. You know, but it's going to be a you know six to eight year project doing it in pieces like that. Uh, you know, but but it still does cause disruption in the middle of the seasons, you know, for different infrastructure wise and restrooms and stuff. So now, you know, they, they're also looking now, they're kind of re-looking at it right now as we speak. Actually, Scott Radisick, our former letterman, you know, Kansas City Chief, um, from the eighties, 82 championship, you know, he's actually an engineer and with works with uh, uh, a company called Populous out of Kansas city. And they're, they're reevaluating whether to do the remodel or, or to build a new one. And I, if they do do the new one, it's going to be close, very close to this one. I, I'm torn. I, I was the same. I, I was one that like, Oh, you can't, it's sacrilegious. We can't tear this down. It's, it's Penn state. There's so much history there. But and I'm and being here now, two things I see infrastructure wise, it is really beat. Uh, when I'm inside here walking around, I mean, it's you know, how that bridge in Pittsburgh just collapsed. I mean, this yeah, yeah, is okay, basically. And it's 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 you know, they they now we have you know, architects constantly checking it every year and structural engineers, but it, it's it's you know, it's it's exposed to the weather, it's, it gets rusty, and you know, they 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 really you know, they sandblast it every year, parts of it, and, and re, repaint it, but but anyway. But so now, you know, that situation, plus the fact that when I know the history and I really get my tours, I realize this is the third 
technically the fourth, but for sure the third location of Beaver Stadium. Mm-hmm. Beaver Stadium, I mean, we actually started playing our games in 1887 at Old Main Lawn. They played for three years on Old Main Lawn. People would sit in the seats of Old Stand, they'd sit in the steps of Old Main and sit around and stand around the field. Then in 1890 to 1908, we built a field across from the hub behind Osmond and Davy Labs. There was a, that's where the stadium was. Then they moved that grandstand in 1908 up to by Rec Hall. And then where the parking deck is for the Nittany Lion Inn by the statue, Nittany Lion statue, that's where Beaver Stadium was from 1908 to 1959. And then it moved over here in 59 or 60. So it has been in three, technically four locations. So I guess one more, you know, but, but again, I, I, they got to do it right. And, and like you said, and keep some of the character. And so I, but they're still in the process. They don't know yet what's cost efficient, you know, effectively is going to be the best, but it definitely, we need to do something soon. It's a very compact area too, of course, where it is. It's right in the middle of so many different things happening on campus. And then of course the parking situation. So that's glad to hear that there is something uh, in the future for it. Um, Matt, as we're kind of winding down here um, in terms of your memories of spider from when you were in school, anything in particular that jumps out to you from your time at Penn state, other than uh, him doing your eye black, that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was, uh, man, it, it was such a great journey, you know, obviously Spider and, well, uh, you know, now, I mean, obviously, you know, I've known you for a long time, you know, we've, we've become great friends and, you know, obviously to have for myself, obviously I have Joe there for four years and then Bill O'Brien, you know, for that, for that fifth and final year, it's like yeah. I had the opportunity to work with two incredible coaches where, I mean, a lot of college athletes don't have one, you know, coach that they that they look up to. So, I mean, I was yeah. fortunate yeah. To, to have both of those guys. And, you know, when you look at Joe, I think I learned more about life, you know, than about football. And then Bill O'Brien comes in and basically teaches me how to play quarterback at yeah. an NFL level, which helped my transition, you know, into yeah. the National Football League. And, and for you, what, what was that transition like, going from Joe to Bill? Because <clears throat> I feel like – they were very different, but also very similar guys. Oh yeah. And, 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 and on that point, I'll get back to that point, but I just wanted to say to you, you know, of all my, my, you know, that was, you know, my 31 years on the sideline and 31 different football teams that I was part of. And I'm honestly telling you this, man, I tell people this a lot. I said, believe it or not, they said that, that, that 2012 team, that was one of the, it's going to sound odd, but that was, that was one of the funner years that I've ever had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it really, uh, you know, you think, what? you know, we, we had, we had de- depleted scholarships. We had no bowl game to look forward to, you know, we started out 0 and 2, but it just, I, I, I tell you, I've had, there's been some close teams that work, you know, wise, but the camaraderie that team played for, yeah. they could not. I mean, if, if any of your listeners have not seen or heard about, you know, and I'm sure you've promoted the, uh, you know, the, the, the movie, uh, you know, yeah, saving the roar. Yeah. Saving the roar. Yep. Saving the roar. Yep. It's phenomenal. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please do. Uh, it really, especially in this day and age with college football atmosphere that it is, uh, they should, they need to show this every single high school football team in the country. Okay. <laughs> and every freshman class going to a, a college needs to see this movie because it shows about commitment to each other and a commitment to a school. It really was. And so, but no, we really had, it was just a great bunch of people to be a part of. And you guys, 
made the year fun. And uh, again, with no pressure, because, because it was a tough transition, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you know, working for Joe and, you know, for 28 years. And then with all these assistant coaches, we're at least with 20 or plus, uh, you know, this guy's getting fired left and right administration. I, I it was just a tremendously difficult time for me emotionally, you know, remember, you know, the whole, you know, and the whole investigations going on at the time, and we're a part of that. We were told we might not have jobs. Uh, if coach O'Brien doesn't like us, or if something comes up from the investigation, we could be gone by June 30th. So I'm going through spring practice, not even knowing if I'm going to be around, you know, then you're trying to transition a new coach, which I've never done before 28 years. And then I've got, uh, you know, you, you got this new coach coming in who's in this playoffs and Super Bowl, trying to communicate with him on the phone. I'm calling the New England Patriots. Hey, what he wants this, he wants that. What's this? What do I do here? So he coming in, he's flying in and out trying to do practices, you know, and 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 we're trying to get him settled. He's yelling at practice and he's trying to get settled. In the meantime, Jopa dies. Coach Paterno passes away. So it just like, and then you're going to a funeral and uh, the emotions of all that. And we were a wreck. I mean, Kirk Deal and I were an absolute wreck trying to keep the, you know, the equipment room. And, but, and I always tell people, I said, it was, it was literally you guys, I'm telling you, the players, you guys, emotionally, that's what kept us together because we got to help these guys. They, they, they're helping us. And I always say the, you know, we were there, they were supposed to be there to help the players. I mean, you guys, emotionally, you guys pulled, we kept me together. I'm, I'm, and Kirk, I mean, we were, so, and I, and I, kudos to coach O'Brien when, <laughs> You know, we he come to us. He knew our. He could tell we were really getting. You know, we were we were really you know through a lot of stress and everything. And about the week before Blue White game, he come up to us and come to the room window and he called Kirk Deal and I over and said, "Listen, guys, come here." He said, "I love you guys. You guys are the best equipment guys I've ever been part of. Your student managers are phenomenal." I said, "I don't want I don't want you to change a thing." And I said, "You're my guys. Don't don't let this drag you down." Awesome, man. You got and, and he just we he just lifted our spirits. And I was all in from that point on, like, I'm ready to go, go to war with this guy. And, uh, and, and, you know, he made it fun. And then, and then he just had so much respect for why Joe did things, how he did them. He questioned me, you know, and, and he, he tweaked it and do his own little thing, but he still wanted to know, you know, how it was done and why. And, you know, and uh, I, I just always respected that, you know, and, you know, after our Michigan win, uh, when, when we had the four overtimes at uh, Michigan, um, Remember, he came in the locker room, Coach, you know, um, O'Brien, and uh, he saw Kirk and I. We were in there, and he goes, what do you think, Coach? What do you think, Coach Turner would have thought of that win today? That was the first thing he asked me after that win. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, oh, I mean, that, I mean, the guy, I just, that just, I had so much respect for that. that he respected that so much. So, anyway, I, I but, yeah, it was, it was, you, you guys, I'm serious, Matt. You, it was a great, great team to be part of. And I, I have your team photo right behind me on my, little table over here and uh, look at it every day. And well, well, that's awesome. Well, last thing for you, and I'll, I'll pass it back to Tom and Tom, I, I mean, I can keep, we can keep spider here all day. Keep having them tell us stories and, and things like that, man. But again, better. We appreciate it. It's You're always welcome. great catching up with you. And, you know, uh, again, last thing I have for you is do you miss yeah. the grind? Do you miss the grind of everyday practice and, and working at the facility? No, no. <laughs> that's why they call no, it a I, grind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, it's funny. Uh, it, you know, I, I miss what I did. I really miss what I did. Um, and again, I miss the people, obviously, and the players. Um, 
and, and, and that, and, and it's funny, you, it's like, uh, it's like riding a bike. I mean, if I was, if I would get called over to come back into it, I'm sure I would just get into it and be like, like I never missed a beat, you know? And, uh, but, uh, but it, it's a, it was a huge time commitment. You know, I, I look at this 31 season, like, Oh my word, it went so fast. I can't believe I'm this old already, you know? And it's just like, cause you just said, you said, yeah, that routine where, you know, Monday you do this, Tuesday you do this, Wednesday you do this, and you just right into the next day, week, you know? So I, 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 I miss, I miss that. I miss the players, but they like, said so the grind this, I, I just, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing now. I'm in a position where I feel like I'm still connected, but I don't have that. I don't have that grind. I don't have that stress of making sure every practice is perfect and, and making sure all the equipment's there. And Matt McGloin didn't forget his knee, hip, thigh, and tail pads. <laughs> never, never. Tom, Spider used to, uh, you know, come over that, that headset and come or get on his headset yeah. and come over the yeah. speakers, the PA system. Yeah. In the locker room and every week, helmets, cleats, shoulder pads, knee pads. I've ne- and I never, like, even when I went to the NFL, like, and it was time to <laughs> pack up your bag for away trips, that voice would play over and over in my head. So spider, I never forgot any gear on road trips. So, yeah, right, right. Good, good habits. Good it, habits. Buddy. Um, <laughs> seriously, Spider, thank you very much. I echo Matt's sure. sentiments. We could do this for hours and hours and hours. Thank you for all your contributions to the university and the football program over the years. Thanks, keep keeping Beaver Stadium in as good a shape as she can possibly be in for as I long as she that. can be in. And then hopefully whenever that remodel happens, she looks spectacular. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and we wish you all the best and everything you're doing. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy. Matt, love you, buddy. Take care. And, uh, Thanks, Spider. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.